I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. We are recording this podcast 24 hours after seeing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This podcast will be completely filled with spoilers. If you have not seen the movie now, please turn off this podcast, go see the movie, and then come back. Because we are going full spoilers in 3, 2, 1. Oh my god, Black Bolt, why? That that was brutal. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I want wow. to kick this off. Let's talk about the Illuminati. Oh, oh, because the chakra. I mean, I had had ideas of who was going to be in it. We had rumors. We had thoughts. But I never thought in a million years we would ever get Anson Mount back. This, this week was the Patrick Stewart Anson Mount week because we got the season finale of Picard. And the series premiere of Strange New Worlds. And then we got Doctor Strange dropping within, like, a day of each other. All of that. Say what you will about the Inhumans TV show. And if we ever decide to cover it on the show, we can go into it. But to bring back Anson Mount, who many said was the best part of that show... Back as Black Bolt in full comic-accurate Black Bolt costume. Mark another one for comic book-accurate costumes in the MCU. Yeah, they really went for it on the the accuracy of that costume, which I was not expecting. I had seen a potential spoiler for that Mm -hmm. online the night before I went and saw the movie. Uh, we had bought our tickets because we had decided to do this uh, this episode. So we had bought our tickets to go see it. And uh, I was... I had seen something different, Marvel-related, trending on Twitter. And I thought, well, I'll click that tag and, and look. Because uh, we, we do that for the show when something Marvel is is trending. Um, so I was looking at something different Marvel-related, and in looking that up, I saw somebody put a sneaky, things you may need to watch that you may not realize you need to watch in order to get all the references in the upcoming Doctor Strange movie, and one of them was, and shockingly, Inhumans? Question mark. And I thought, oh, crap, because I know my comics history and Black Bolt is a member of the Illuminati. And the teasers already had Mordo saying, Stephen Strange, the Illuminati will see you now. And we had already been questioning who are they going to put on the Illuminati because... There are certain people who are members of the Illuminati that are not in 
the MCU proper. And one of them was Black Bolt. One of them was Professor X, which Patrick Stewart's voice had already been in the trailer. And people had already been saying, well, is this going to be Professor Xavier's first appearance in the MCU proper? And it was. Um, and the other one was Reed Richards. The other one is is Reed Richards, yeah. Um, we'll get to that. But, but yeah, but I yeah, mean, but but having Black Bolt come in, so I had kind of gotten that spoiled for me just because I know my comics, and somebody saying having seen the Inhumans TV series is kind of important to understanding something in the movie. I thought, holy crap, they're gonna have Anson Mount in this thing. They could have recast him, but I'm. I'm I'm glad that they brought him back. Yeah. He got one line, which, considering Black Bolt's power is his voice, that's more than what you need. I mean, technically, he had more than one line, but, it, you know, he had one audible line to the audience. I'm sorry. Yeah. But they, they still had him using his signed language. Yeah. Simpl- a, sim- a more simplistic version of his sign language from the uh, Inhuman show. Yeah. Like more un- more understandable. Well, yeah. I mean, he basically just made a hush gesture. Yeah. Um, which was kind of universal. Interestingly, though, is that we didn't have a variant strange on the council. We had Mordo on the council. Master Mordo. And this kind again, the trailer, yes. But the fact that uh, we had talked about this like a month before the movie came out that they had released a Mordo toy and it said Master Mordo on it. So we didn't know what that meant. And now we know that he is part of this alternate universe Illuminati. And also Master of the Sanctum. The Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Well, we don't... uh, do we know if he's the Sorcerer Supreme of that realm? Did they refer to him that way? I can't remember. But I, we know that he is the master of the New York Sanctum, at the very least. Uh, I, I don't remember that. I mean, we've we've each only seen the movie one time, and, you know, uh, I, I wasn't able to, to take detailed notes. Um, so, you know, we, we may get some details wrong here, I, I, I fully admit. The thing is, though, is that Mordo presents himself initially as, you know, here's Mordo, the good guy who loves Strange. Call and, him brother, yeah. Uh, Mordo, not really that different in, the, in this universe either as far as his relationship to Strange. But there, there are some interesting things in what we predicted from the trailer and what we got wrong and what we weirdly accidentally got right. Yeah. Um, the first major thing we got wrong is that this has nothing to do with Spider-Man. He gets mentioned. Yeah, but this is not a sequel to the events in Spider-Man. It has nothing to do with it. Nothing that happens in Spider-Man has anything to do with this movie. And that is the biggest lie that the trailers tell. Especially if you go by the original trailer that came at the end of No Way Home, where you hear 
you know, Stephen Strange, what did you do? Messing with the multiverse kind of deal. This is not the first time Marvel has put a misdirection in a trailer. So, eh, par for the course. But I'm not sure it is par for the course because this is possibly the biggest misdirection they've put in a trailer. This is, I think, the first time they've put a misdirection in a trailer that is adding something rather than removing something. They've done redactions in trailers, like removing the Hulk from the Avengers trailer, removing the two Spidermans from the No Way Home trailer, you know, and that's to prevent spoilers. Okay, fine. But in this one, they've added things. There were things in these trailers that were specifically added that were not in the film at all that I don't think are a case of like, well, there's a deleted scene maybe that got cut out before and it was minor and it didn't really affect the plot. I really question the marketing of this movie because this, the marketing of this movie led me to believe I was going in to see an entirely different film. Do you feel that way a little bit? Not. I thought that the, the, the we were seeing more universes than what we saw. Um, that too. I, I thought there was going to be a little bit more with the variant strangers and maybe working together or something. I I thought it was going to be a I mean, a little bit more episode five Loki kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, there was rumors about Loki being in this movie, and he's not. Well, no, I mean, I wasn't really expecting that, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I always thought that those rumors were just rumors. Mm. But I, as far as the, the episode five Loki thing, I, I more of I thought it was going to be more we're we're going to be working with ourselves a little bit more, you know? Mm. That's okay, kind of what uh, I thought. Uh, an all Doctor Strange Avengers team, as it were. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little more, you know, we have to go find the other me's and work together to solve this problem kind of thing. Which he kind of does at one point in the film, you know, when they go to that destroyed universe and he looks at Christine and he goes, well, we got to go find other me's, I guess. And then they do, and then he fights the one and then th- th- it kind of goes nowhere. We do kind of get a team up sort of since we have one strange possessing another strange. Well, yeah, but it's, it's not really a team up in that sense. You know, it's still just the one mm-hmm. guy, you know, the one consciousness. Yeah. But I really thought it was going to be like, okay, variant me's let's join forces across the universe and defeat this singular threat. Pretty much the Spider-Man No Way Home of Doctor Strange's. Yeah, because I'm like, well, you're doing a multiverse thing, and you're teasing all these variant Doctor Strange's in the trailer. Okay, let's see variant Doctor Strange's and how they are alike or different or, you know, whatever. I mean, the cool thing about Spider-Man No Way Home was you had different actors playing the same character. The cool thing about Doctor Strange, and they kind of did that with Loki too. It's like, well, here's a, a different actors playing the same character. 
the cool thing about Doctor Strange would have been like, let's get this really good actor to play different versions of the same character. Yeah. And, and that would have been awesome because you know he can pull that off. Which seemed to be what they were teasing. And it also seemed to be the back end of how did this spell break the universe? And it turns out it had nothing to do with that. And it turns out it had absolutely nothing to do with that, which Feige kind of teased on the red carpet. Um, There is a video, an interview from the red carpet premiere uh, of the film in L.A. where somebody asked Feige, like, okay, you know, Doctor Strange did this spell and, you know, now the multiverse is cuckoo bananas. and Feige was like, oh, no, 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 that was Loki and Sylvie. Loki and Sylvie did that. Like, you you need to be watching the whole, the whole thing here. Wanda did some stuff, and that kind of weakened some things. Then Loki and Sylvie did a thing. Oops, now we've got a multiverse, and that's what caused the spell to be able to go catastrophically wrong in the Spider-Man movie. Marvel needs to release some sort of video putting all of these together because I think a lot of people have their brain broken from all of this. And if you're not watching everything, you know, like the two of us, we are watching everything because we do this show, you know, it's kind of what we do. But a lot of people are kind of dipping in and out here. Yeah, I mean, there are people who have no interest in a show about Loki, so they're not going to watch a show about Loki. There are people who don't want to watch a show about Wanda Maximoff, so they're not going to watch a show about Wanda Maximoff. There are people who just watch the movies. And if you just we watch... Have, one of our friends said that he's going to see uh, Multiverse of Madness with his sister because his sister only likes Benedict Cumberbatch and has no interest in the MCU. So she has seen Doctor Strange and now is going to see Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness and has seen no other film. And I said, please tell me how, like, absolutely confused she is after the movie because I expected this to be, like, so tied up in everything else that it would be completely incomprehensible to somebody who is not having seen the movie now i think she will not be as completely confused it's mostly self-contained anything that you need think, to know i think you mostly have to watch wandavision i think you can watch doctor strange wandavision and this and be completely caught up even because then they... this is mostly a sequel to wandavision and they tell you everything you need to know from WandaVision. They tell uh, you they? Wanda Wanda took over a town. She created two children out of from magic. She lost them. She wants them back. I mean, they kind of give you the short, short version if you're paying attention, I guess. But um, it probably helps. All right. Um, before we go further, I do want to make the one note since we said we mentioned Reed Richards. I mentioned the Illuminati. Yeah. For years, and I'm talking pretty much since the Fox merger, people have fan-casted their own who's going to be in the Fantastic Four. Two names that I've always hear come up are Emily Blunt and her husband, John Krasinski. Emily Blunt has said on record that she has no interest in doing a superhero movie. Fine, that is her choice, and I will respect that. 
But here we go in the scene of the Illuminati, and they introduce here is the smartest man in the world, Reed Richards. And there's John Krasinski, which probably had one of the biggest pops, the biggest cheers in my theater. It, so for those of you fan casters, you got your wish. This does not mean he will be Reed Richards in the main MCU. We don't know that because no, nothing has been announced for that movie yet. Yeah, this this is all a different universe. This is uh, what they call it, the 838. Yeah, the 838 universe. And we, but, got we did get confirmation that the MCU is 616. Well, we had already gotten confirmation of that in Loki, actually. It is an Easter egg in Loki that, that uh, the sacred universe, the sacred timeline is uh, 616. Mm. Um, but the... Uh, I like that the TVA is using Christine's uh, Chris eight three eight Christine's uh, numbering system, which is funny. But the uh, yeah, so it is kind of fascinating that uh, this is the uh, the version that we see. It's interesting because we only you know see these versions of the the characters for a very short amount of time. He did all right for the five minutes he was on screen, I guess. That is, this is probably the most kindest Reed Richards I've ever seen. Not in general, not just in cinema, but according to the comics, because comics Reed Richards is even a bigger a-hole than Doctor Strange is. Yeah. Marvel Comics does have a lot of uh, smart a-holes in it. Weirdly, but for, um, but the his performance was pretty good, you know, for the short time he was there, and we kind of gotten hints that this Reed Richards already has children. He he mentioned he has, you know, Franklin, Franklin Richards, his son, saying, you know, I have children of my own, and I understand your pain. So, you know, and and we do we do have uh, that uh, Sue Storm is alive <laughs> in this universe, and now a widow. Uh, but and now a widow. I I do wonder if this Peggy Carter is the same Peggy Carter we see in What If? Yeah, I was starting to wonder if we reviewed the wrong What If episode. I don't think we did. We did, and I'll, I will get to that in a bit. But um, yeah, we do get a Captain Peggy Carter. She, she oh, I mean, there was some cheers for for Peggy when. And um, but shockingly, they already revealed this in the final trailer before the film came out because you do see the shield. It's also in the theatrical poster. I I did not see that poster before going in, but they I saw the commercial um, on TV uh, about two nights before I went and saw the film. So I was shocked for that. And they also showed part of Xavier's yellow hover chair and that thing is iconic so I was very shocked that they showed both of those things the music cues in this movie since you mentioned the hover chair and we get the 90s X-Men theme yeah really nice to have that uh you know just even a, a short little two seconds of that in there like, da, 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 da. You see the you see the the yellow hover chair. You were da, 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 da. and it's like yes, yes. Thank so you. So nice to have Patrick Stewart in that hover chair. By the way, um, it was always a thing we wanted to see in the Fox movies and did not really get. Um, um, my biggest laugh, 
in the in you know in in the movie was when they played the WandaVision theme song. Yeah, the you know Strange is like I I think I know somebody, and then they they play the WandaVision theme. I was like, oh okay, we're just going there. Yeah. Yeah, but back to the Illuminati, the one I did not expect that was not really like a big, shocking, oh oh my god, we've never seen this before, but I did not expect Maria Rambo Captain Marvel variant. I did. I called it way back when they showed that first trailer. People were saying it was Iron Man, and we heard the rumors of Tom Cruise being in this movie as Iron Man. Everyone say, "Oh, this is this, this is Iron Man." Cumberbatch actually uh, trolled people with that in one of his like I forget which show he was on, like Jimmy Kimmel or something, just this week, and he tried to tell people that Tom Cruise was in this movie, and then he was like, "No, he's he's not. I'm just I'm just trolling you." Um, so yeah, people were saying, and you know, I knew it was going to be Captain Marvel, and it had to be someone different because they weren't going to get Brie Larson for this. So the only other one that would make sense would would be LaShonda Lynch as Maria Rambo, which makes sense. You know, it would make sense that Marvel would choose one or the other to be her pilot. We haven't talked about the movie yet on the podcast, but if you know, you know. Which makes yeah. me wonder if does that mean Monica does not exist in this timeline? Since Maria would likely have been up in space for all those all those years. Maybe Carol has a daughter now. There's any number of ways Maria could have ended up with the powers. And I like that she has the um the Monica the Monica Rambo black and white Captain Marvel costume from the comics. Yeah. Um it, it could be an inherited thing, like maybe Monica had them for a while and then they got passed on. We we don't know. We don't know, but having Maria in there as Captain Marvel, I liked it. And to have her in the costume that her daughter would be famous for in the comics was nice. But yeah, the entire Illuminati wiped out by Wanda. And I love that, that you know, you have, uh, you know, you have Mordo saying, you know, they'll take care of Wanda easily. You know, you're the real danger, Doctor Strange. And then when they come back, we'll face, we'll put judgment upon you while they're all getting their asses kicked and killed in Horribly gruesome ways. As gruesome as you can get for a PG-13 movie. That that little bit of Sam Raimi gruesomeness in there. Yeah, they did uh, push it kind of as, as gruesome as they could. I was I was really impressed with, with some of the ways that they pushed it. They had said before this came out that this was Marvel's attempt to try to do a horror film. They wanted and, this to be Marvel's first horror film. And what we got was jump scares. Yeah, but unfortunately, Sam Raimi has a formula for his jump scares. And if you know him well enough, you know the pattern. It's one of those, if you know, you know. So, so like, like, none of I'll, those work on me anymore. Because it's like, well, I figured those out decades ago. So, so yeah. Black Bolt's death, where he she gets removes his mouth, he tries his powers and blows his brains out, and oh, oh, that was oh, did not expect that. Yeah, um, Reed Richards getting stretched and shredded to bits, and then pop that brain, and 
the one that hurt me the most of the deaths was Peggy's because she, you know, her and Wanda do the fight, and I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Where she said, "I can do this all day," and that got a laugh out of the crowd. But as soon as she said that, I said she's gonna die. Well, yeah, I mean, but they're all they're all gonna die. I mean, they were cannon fodder. It's it you knew they were gonna die from the like I'll cast my vote when they come back and like yeah. they're not coming back, dude. Oh, That's but a Peggy the point kill, of them. Peggy killed by her own shield sliced through her. Oh. And the, I, I think it's more gruesome that you don't see it. Yeah. Um, the only one that, that felt like like it was a bit underwhelming death was Maria's death, because she just got squished. Yeah. The other Illuminati members, their death were reflective of their powers. Black Bolt died by his own shout. Mr. Fantastic was stretched to death. To death. Peggy got sliced by her own shield. Charles snapped his neck. Maria crushed. Yeah. You the, know, I would have I would have liked if there were, her her death would have been reflective of her powers, like the others kind of were. Can we point out how cool it was? Speaking of Xavier, can we point out how cool it was to have that nineties animated Xavier using his uh psychic powers wibbledy on screen in live action yeah very similar to what we saw with the spider sense in no way home yeah i it i like having some of those old comic animated effects being able to be rendered now in cg over a live action i mean i'm really glad the technology is there now and you don't question it like it doesn't seem weird or cheesy i immediately bought that so bravo to the effects team because he, you know, it's like he starts he starts going into Strange's mind to show him, like, what happened to his predecessor. And it's like, oh, okay, I fully buy this. I, I, I shouldn't, probably. You know, like, 40 years old watching this in live action on a screen. I should not be, you know, nine again. <laughs> watching a Saturday morning cartoon going, yeah, this this makes total sense. But somehow it did, and I'm I'm totally buying this as a thing that happens with the little wibbly wavy nonsense. But I did and I'm like, yeah, this this is totally a thing that happens. I'm I'm fully there. I'm fully with you. Yeah. Um Speaking of, there is a character that I have wanted to see since I first saw him in 1998. Back in the old arcade games, you ever play Marvel vs. Capcom? Of course. Gonna take you for a ride. Yeah, and so for the first time uh, on the big screen, we got to see our Squiddy Boy from Marvel vs. Capcom, Sumagorath. Yes! Woo! I got I got to admit though I I was I was kind of underwhelmed with the use of Shumagarath who they've renamed for mysterious and probably money making reasons legal reasons uh pretty sure Shumagarath was uh is, the the name is owned by an, whoever owns uh Conan the Barbarian whatever we're calling him Shumagarath cuz that's what he's always been called yeah 
So he sees Shumar Gareth on the big screen. Uh, he was cannon fodder, like I said. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is they don't even give him a name in the thing. He's just like, what's that demon that's been chasing you, America? You know, like, because it's just the squid that shows up during Christine's wedding to ruin Christine's wedding. Yeah. Can we just talk about Christine's wedding for just a bit? Because I, I, I love it. We had said, though... Didn't we that there's like no universe where Steven and Christine can be together? Yeah, we said that with uh, with the what if one, yeah. Yeah, and looks like we were right. Looks like it's probably just a constant of the universe that for the universe to turn out okay, Stephen Strange and Christine can never be together. The fact that Stephen Strange seems to have common characteristics across the multiverse, he's always screwing that up with Christine. No, obviously Christine is happy. He, she met someone. She gets married. She's very happy. But can we just say, like, what a sad sack moment it is for just, like, Strange sits down and then, like... Dr. West. Dr. West sits down next to him and they're like, you know what? We both hate each other, but we're kind of united in the fact that, like, at least neither of us got the girl. So there's there's her moment of schadenfreude. Yeah, I didn't get the I girl, am miserable, but you didn't get her either. At least you are also miserable. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I think the idea is probably that she probably met this guy while they were gone. Probably. Um, whoever this random dude is that <laughs> that she's in love with now, you know? Yeah. It was probably just somebody she met during that interim time. I like the idea, though, how much people seem to know about what went on in that battle. Because here's the thing. I've always hated the idea that Marvel, that within the MCU, they call it the blip. Because I hate that name. It's awful. It's it's ridiculous. Whoever gave it that name probably should be fired. A bunch of New York teenagers. No, no, no. I mean, whoever within the context of our real world, like whatever writer sat down and went, hey, in the MCU, that event is now going to be called the blip. I really dislike that. But uh, we... Uh, because we had just been calling it the snap for years in between yeah. in that interim and uh that's a much better thing because that's what happened and i thought well maybe when i heard that when it was like we call it the blip i was like oh they don't know about thanos they don't know what caused that people just don't know oh but the thing is is like they know about thanos and apparently what we've learned in this film is the general public, I guess, seems to know Doctor Strange's involvement in making that choice. Because Dr. West looks at him and goes, really, there was no other path here? And Strange says, no, I made the only call I could. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're the best superhero, I guess. The best surgeon and the best superhero. Yeah, and he's like mocking him. 
at Christine's wedding for being like the, you know, and then Christine says like, I hate to say it because it's really awkward, but my new husband is like a super big fan of yours and can he get a selfie or whatever? You know, like wherever that's going Mm -hmm. before Schumacher attacks, right? Yeah. But so like apparently the general public and we've seen this in Hawkeye and all that other like apparently it's just general knowledge play by play of all of the tactical whatever that went on in the I, Thanos battle. I blame Ant-Man. If the next Ant-Man movie doesn't start <laughs> with Scott doing a tell-all interview, I will be shocked. It's Luis, right? Yeah. It's Luis giving the play-by-play. <laughs> oh, There's just an ongoing internet series of like, so then Doctor Strange just like looks at all the infinite universes, right? And goes like, no, there's only one. <laughs> um, yeah. But but yeah, so so it seems like it's just general knowledge in the public is is my point. But it's and it seems that that's kind of consistent across universes is that there's just certain like some some superheroes like spider-man you know and that's the other thing he remembers everything with spider-man but he doesn't remember who spider-man is i mean i guess but he remembers that like there was a spell and multiverses and stuff which seems weird it seems like at least part of that would have been wiped out i don't know we talked about it they forgot who peter parker is Nobody forgot who Spider-Man was. Well, yeah, but I mean, it it would seem that at least part of the mechanics of that spell would have had to have been wiped out as well from their memories or else. I I think that scene is only there to remind the audience of where in the timeline we are. I guess, but I don't know. The timeline's getting all wibbly-wobbly anyway. The interesting thing is that we start out with defender strange yeah and america reaching the book of ashanti which is weird because the book of ashanti is you know one of those things of if you know your doctor strange you're immediately like oh cool <laughs> yeah they play this this is like the ultimate deus ex machina of the movie that it i like that they played it up as you know this will give you anything you want and then like Five seconds after they find it, it's destroyed. Well, it is kind of that in the comics, too. I mean, not quite that bad, but it's the opposite of the Darkhold. So if you're dealing with the Darkhold so heavily in this movie, that is the... That is the thing. You gotta bring it in, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, what defeats the Darkhold? Well, the Book of Ashanti. Can we talk about uh, Sochi Gomez's portrayal of America Chavez in this movie? She was awesome. Yeah, I really liked her from the moment that she steps on screen, which is frame one, basically. Because it's her and Defender Strange. I mean, he, he looks and acts like Defender Strange, and I think the toys... That they've released have called him Defender Strange. So yeah, and he. I mean, I we we don't really get his backstory, but that's what they've styled him to look like. So I'm just gonna call him that. Yeah. 
but uh but yeah uh so there are certain countries that have refused to play this movie because of 12 seconds where we see america's backstory and she has two mommies she is from uh what they are calling the utopian parallel which exists outside of reality which is why there's no other america chavez's in the multiverse because she was born outside of it yeah um uh i mean it's it's a choice that in the utopian parallel apparently uh everybody speaks spanish and it's just normal to have two mommies i mean america herself is gay comic book wise yeah she's wearing the progress pride flag on her jacket uh, but yeah, apparently some countries did not like the idea of a relationship between. We've talked about this with other films, having you know same sex relationships, that it's there just enough that it can be cut from a movie and not affect the plot. Yeah. Well, this whole this whole thing, her America's plot is her thing starts where she activates her powers for the first time, and she loses her parents. That's kind of part of you can't really cut that out without affecting the rest of the movie yeah and and honestly there's not anything more gay than her just saying that's my mom's i mean they don't do anything other than stand there next to each other you know i mean um, one and the she is the other... wearing the the pride flag like you said yeah. on her jacket they are acknowledged as her parents her moms by both herself and by dr strange and her pride flag is never acknowledged it's just there there's a few shots where it's center frame but other than that they never draw attention to it yeah um she, her own sexuality is never mentioned in the film that i remember mm -hmm. that's it i mean and uh, it's it's a very Disney, hey, we're progressive yeah. moment. Um, as we are speaking, Disney has announced that at Avengers Campus, uh, America and Wanda are now part of the a part of the land. You can meet those characters. Um, Disney, get working on pizza balls. Pizza balls, awesome. I, I mean, pizza balls at Avengers Campus. Really messy. I kind of hope they come with a fork. But um, pizza balls, yes, and pizza pizza ball stand right next to the shawarma place. Yes, pizza ball stand right next to the shawarma place on Avengers Campus, please. Um, and but we get, I mean, it's a Sam Raimi film, so we got to get uh, we get a cameo from Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I am very, very, very mad. There is no Ted Raimi in this film. Yeah, that was, was my only thing I wanted in this film. I was looking for Ted Raimi, and he wasn't in. Like, like he, you he have is to... not in this film. Ted uh, is sir not appearing in this film, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Uh, the car is in the film, but no Ted. Uh, yeah. So the thing is that I, I, I want to talk a little bit about Wanda because Wanda is our villain for the film. Spoilers. Um, a lot of people did not want Wanda to be the villain. They're saying, oh, who was going to... Maybe they people were expecting another Doctor Strange to be the villain or something like that. 
And they, this entire movie, I'll say this right now, this movie starts as a roller coaster and doesn't end till we get to the climax. And for a lot of people that might be, you know, that might not be comfortable, but I loved it. Within the first 10 minutes, you know at what, what exactly what's going on because, you know, we get America, we get Defender Strange, you end up in the main universe, they meet up with the other But Doctor Defender Strange. Strange is actually our first villain, which I kind of like. Yeah, because he tries to steal America's power. This is the only way. We can't we can't let the big bad. We know that Defender Strange is is not the biggest evil, but he attempts to kill a young girl in order to prevent the bigger evil from getting her power. Yeah, let's talk about America's power. America's power is that she can travel between universes. And that's what Wanda wants. This is all within the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie where Wanda makes her intentions known. She wants America. She wants America's power. She wants her children back. The thing is, though, is that there is a thing which seems to be that Wanda's children exist in every timeline except 616. Yeah, they, we, we get another bit of lore here as they say that when you dream, you are actually experiencing the life of another alternate version of yourself. And Wanda says, I dream of my children every night. And, even and she even shows, you know, at one point she, she shows the multiverse to them. And it's just... Dozens of universes where she is happy with her children. No and vision. It, yeah, we never see vision, which is weird because there is at least one trailer where you can hear vision's voice. And that was the thing is I was expecting a cameo from Paul Bettany. Uh, not not a big thing. I did not expect Vision to be a big part of this, but I expected him to show up at some point in, like, a nightmare that Wanda had or a, a flashback or a something. I would love if they showed a universe where, he would, where Vision was just a dude. Like, he's not a robot. He's just a guy. Yeah, and it seems so bizarre that in all of these versions that we're seeing, there is no Vision. The only but does that mean that Wanda has created these children in every other universe by magic and it's just somehow been allowed to keep them? I don't know. But yeah, we go straight into Wanda just being full villain. Like, she's going to do whatever she can to get her way. And she even says, you know, she is willing to kill America. To get her children back. And everyone says, you know, would they want this? And she doesn't care about that. They'll never know. All, all they'll know is that their mother loves them. Again, they brought back the actors of Billy and Tommy from WandaVision. And they purposely made these characters act differently than they did in WandaVision. But it's more cute. Uh, definitely acting, I would say, a bit younger than the actors actually are. In a way, 
But I must say, for my old cynical heart, having them sing a song about wanting to have some ice cream, it was a cute moment. And also, at at one point, um, at the at the at the end of the movie, you know, when at the big resolution, uh, did you notice that they're watching Snow White? Yes. Yeah. Um, Disney got to get that corporate synergy in there. Yeah, but um, the the thing about it is, though, is that you you really do feel for her and how much she's lost but at the same time it's one of those things of she is on the same path that we see strange in in the what if episode we talked about yeah the themes of obsession we didn't know that at the time because we thought it was going to be strange but it's wanda that has this obsession this with getting her children back that she is really willing to let the multiverse collapse in on itself, whoever knows, to get her boys back. She, because she talks about, you know, Wong asks her, like, okay, so you get, what? why take America's power? Why not just use it to transport you to one universe and stay there? And she's like, well, what if they get sick? What if there's an accident? What if, I'm not going to lose them again. You know, with with that power, with the ability to travel the multiverse, I can keep them forever. If they get sick, there's a cure. If there's an accident, go to another universe. You know, what? whatever it is, I will always have my children. She's and even, she's we even see more, that right. parallel in the strange we meet in the crumbling universe, who is not the same, you know, strange supreme with the sour cream and tomatoes that we talked about in the yeah. what if, but is doing a similar thing. I did like that we had the same melting universe effect in that you in that one that we got in. Yeah, if. they they tried to do that same thing with CGI, and it it more or less worked. Yeah, but here's the thing: is I think we did get a shout out to that episode because that may have been strangest crime in the eight three eight universe. Because it talks about him dreamwalking, taking over another strange and causing the destruction of a universe. Yeah. Could he have influenced the obsession in the strange supreme? Who knows? So, yeah, now that you mention it, we we get that one of the abilities that the Dark Hole possesses. Since we, it is mentioned that when you dream, you live the life of another you in another reality. That you can take over that body by doing dream walking, where you take your consciousness and project it into the body of another you in another world and live that life. We see Wanda use it where she possesses her other self to take out our main Doctor Strange. We see our Doctor Strange dream walk to possess the body of the dead 
Defender Strange. Yeah. So that's where we get our, our Zombie Strange. Yeah, we had we had talked about uh, there being uh, we, we may not have mentioned that, but uh, that we saw a zombie variant in the trailer, and that turns out to be where we where we got that from. We thought it was going to be the a universe. callback to the to the zombie universe in What If. Um, but turns out no, that that's what it was. The thing about the the dreamwalking though is it opens up so many interesting possibilities with the multiverse, which I kind of like. Um, the the sad thing is though is that by the end of the movie, not really a MacGuffin they can use anymore. Because yeah. they've they've kind of said that Wanda destroyed the dark hold in every reality. My big question coming out. Okay, let's let's kind of mention here. Wanda sacrifices herself after getting what she wants. You know, um, Strange tells America, "Give her what she wants." Well, no, he just tells America, "Believe in yourself," and it's America's idea to give her what she wants, which I kind of like. Her children. She sees her children, and they are scared of her, calling her a monster. Don't hurt us. Don't hurt us. Wong had even said earlier, okay, you take these children, what happens to their Wanda? And she doesn't want to even hear about that. I was hoping we would get a Wanda versus Wanda fight, but it kind of shows the other Wanda kind of having some empathy and understanding where she went, what she went through. And this whole big moment of Wanda realizing what she's done and what her children see her as. And she just can't take that anymore. And, you know, she has her last second face turn, destroys the... The fact that the mountain is called what, Mount Wanda something? Um, It's Wendigore, yeah. Yeah, Mount Wandagore, Wendigore. <laughs> sure. With the shrine to the Scarlet Witch on it, which I did like. So she destroys the mountain with the runes that were the first Darkhold. Destroying all the Darkholds and all the realities. So this might be the end of Wanda in the MCU. What happens to Agatha? Because last time... Uh, she she Wanda... goes off to her own TV show. We've, we've already established yeah, that. Yeah, but how... Because she's still stuck as the noisy, uh, the nosy neighbor in Westview. There's no one to reverse that spell. I was hoping that would be the post-credit scene that we would go back to Westview and see Agatha turn back. Now that Wanda, we don't know what happened to Wanda. Did she survive? Uh, Did she not? We don't know. Well, Strange's uh, sad little shake of his head suggests that uh, no. For anybody who was hoping for a season two of WandaVision, I think this is pre pretty much, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted Wanda to have her happy ending, and I did too. But not gonna lie, this does make sense for the character. She was already snapping, as it were. We saw in WandaVision, and she snapped. She created her own fictional real reality where she had everything that she wanted she was forced to give that up and they say that when you read the dark hold it affects you 
She had the dark hold. She read it. And it just twisted her mind even more. There was no coming back from that. The thing is, is that I like when Marvel does the more emotional stories. That's always been the power of Marvel over DC for me personally. Is that Marvel was the one that dealt with the emotional beats. And DC was more the, hey, what if this cool, weird thing happened? You know? So, I I always went toward the, the Marvel stuff. I've been liking this phase of the MCU because they've been dealing so heavily with the emotional stuff, especially in the Disney Plus series. So I liked when they were dealing with the emotional bits of Wanda's grief and especially Steven's story, because we haven't really talked about Steven's story arc, which is going through the multiverse and discovering that apparently he is the odd one out. And we talked about it before where I made the the comparison to uh, pulling a line from BBC Sherlock about being a great man and hoping you can become a good man. And we discover in this film that in every universe, Doctor Strange is a great man. He can do great things. But in only one universe has he ever apparently been a good man. Which is fascinating. As Christine says multiple times in this movie, Stephen has to be the one holding the knife. You know, he has to be the one in charge. Always. And that ends up being the downfall of so many other strangers in the multiverse. It comes back, you know, the the parallels between Wanda's journey and and Strange's journey in this. And the, the grief over lost love and at one point Wong asks Wanda isn't it just enough to know that out there there are other versions of you loving your sons and Wanda says no you know it has it has to be me yeah it has to be her and that's the same thing with so many of the the Doctor Stranges that we see. In, in fact, all of them except our Steven, basically, is that they're all desperate to be in control. And even even the one we meet in the crumbling universe, you know, I'll trade you the dark hold for your Christine. Presumably when when he says, you know, have have you ever had that dream where you're being pushed off a tall building or something that was probably me. He's probably traveling to other universes and like taking Christine's or something, you know? Possibly. But it's so fascinating that he's in the in the one universe where he's kind of able to to step away and accept that. 
And, you know, B's a guy who goes to her wedding and be supportive. I mean, he's not happy about it. Mm. He lies about that fact and, you know, all that kind of stuff. The one universe where he's able to let go of Christine and even be the friend that goes to her wedding and, you know, yeah, he may lie about the fact that he's happy and, you know, to spare her feelings or whatever, but that's the universe where he's able to be the good guy. The one where he's able to kind of move on. We um, also get a, a a bit of a real, a bit a bit of open up to the, the real Stephen Strange, where he says to the other Christine, "I love you," and every version in every universe of me loves you, but I'm too scared to commit. Which is a nice moment of truth for Stephen and himself. Kind of saying, yeah, it is my fault that in every universe, it never works. And he's trying to become a better man because of it. And speaking of other secrets about uh, Doctor Strange we didn't know about, uh, you made an offhand remark when we talked about this in uh, in the Doctor Strange episode. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange does have some dead family members. I mean, it's the Marvel Universe, so, you know, I mean, odds are good. <laughs> yeah, because we had this, the, the conversation between the two strangers and how he lost his sister when he was young. Which makes sense that he would want to go into the medical field to make sure that something like that may not ever happen again. Given what we see in the first film, it seems to be more his need to control but usually it's he a traumatic... He couldn't control the situation with his sister. He wants to control the situation after that. It doesn't seem to be a matter of empathy. I went through that so no one else should have to. Which is one way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. It seems to be more, I went through that so I will never go through that again. Mm, you might be onto something there. Which is, you know... A different... uh... Yeah. And, uh... I did mention in the last episode... I didn't think it would come back this way... But I said opening the mind's eye... And, uh... Yeah, I didn't mean it like that. I wanna... I wanna, uh... Point out... Well, there are... There are bits in the comic where you do see Strange with that third eye... Mm -hmm. For some of his spellcasting... So that is that is from the comics. Uh, interesting to see him have it now, and interesting to see that be as a result of his brief interaction with the Darkhold, because it it is a a thing, especially in the earlier comics during some of the spells he would cast. You know, that is his you know way of looking into the beyond or or whatever. I'm going to say, now that the Time Stone was removed from the Eye of Agamotto, I had wondered if we would finally see the Eye of Agamotto. Because if you're familiar with the comics, there is an eyeball inside that freaking necklace, okay? It houses the actual eyeball. He does use it, it's just there's no physical eyeball in there. 
Yeah, and he does use the the necklace itself, um, and we do see light come out of it and everything, but we never see the eye. And for a movie with so much eyeball imagery, because I thought, well, maybe Marvel's going to say, eh, it's too gory to have a dude with an eyeball, you know, around his neck. But, you know, it's Sam Raimi, so he's got to get his gore in there. Uh, which he was never allowed to do, you know, previously uh, with the the Spider-Man stuff. Um, but they wanted to do a horror film, so they let him push it in this. And so there is some gore in this. Not overly much because PG-13, but, they, you know, they let him do more gore stuff. And there is a shocking amount of eyeballs, specifically imagery in this. Uh, including Shumagorath. Yeah, I mean, Shumagorath has his eyeball plucked out and thrown across the, the street. I was expecting, I was like, okay, well, if I can count on, you know, Sam for anything, he's gonna make them finally put the Eye of Agamotto on screen, right? Nope. Kind of disappointed. Like, I thought I could trust you to actually do do that, my dude, and then you, you let me down. Not like it's the first time, but you let me down. I am going to say, I, I, I am loath to say anything uh, kind about Sam Raimi, as you know, but this is the most competently directed film Sam Raimi has ever done in his entire career. And bravo for that. Yeah. Like there's 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 moments at the end of the film where it starts going bonker doodles and you're like, okay, this is absolutely a Sam Raimi film. Um, because there there are moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this is I if I didn't know, now I would know. For the most part, this film is like, I'm like, oh, okay, a director directed this. Good job. Bravo to you. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know where this came from, but didn't know you had it in you. Good job. So there's my uh, there's my thumbs up to this this movie, yeah. and I never thought I'd say it, but yeah, good 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 job. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, let's talk about the uh, the mid the mid credits. So yeah, we get uh, and I can't and an unadvertised cameo. This was, was it was a sh- kind of a shocker to the crowd that I was with that that star Charlie's there and. As Clea, saying that Strange has caused an incursion, and he's gonna fix it, and she opens a portal to the Dark Dimension. I could have sworn we saw Dormammu for a second, but... I I didn't see him, personally, um, but definitely the Dark Dimension they're going into. Uh, It's very possible I missed something, so don't take my word on it, but... Maybe it's me imagination. I don't know, but yeah, they, she opens a door to the dark dimension, and they're going in there to fix this incursion that Doctor Strange caused by hopping multiverses. I'm gonna say that one shocked me because I did not expect Clea to show up. I'm just going to say that I guess since the entire movie was about getting Strange to a place where he could love again having his wife show up at the end of the film 
makes sense. <laughs> but uh, did not expect it. We'll say that I find it interesting because we kind of glossed over this when we talked about the first film in our history of the attempt to make Doctor Strange films. We kind of did the like that they tried to do a Doctor Strange movie. It fizzled out and became Dr. Mordred, yada, 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 Benedict Cumberbatch. But there were other attempts to make Dr. Strange between Full Moon and the MCU. One of which was Guillermo del Toro and Neil Gaiman teaming up to pitch a film to Marvel and it was going to be Doctor Strange and Clea. And the studio was like, eh, no. Which, by the way, uh, all of the hate on whoever said no to that, because can you imagine Guillermo del Toro and Neil Gaiman working on a Doctor Strange film together? Would this have been pre-MCU, I assume? Uh, yeah, 2007, so yeah. What, wow, one year later and it all, yeah. Would that not have been the happiest of happy places? Del Toro, I mean, Del Toro doing a comic book movie in general is something a lot of people wanted. He never got to do his his Justice League Dark movie. He'll, he ne he'll never get to do his Haunted Mansion movie. And unfortunately, he might never do his, he'll never do his Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm such a Del Toro fan. I'm like, just let the man do whatever he wants at this point. But Del Toro and Gaiman together is just like, please, please let those two men do something, please. But yeah, yeah, I uh, I did love this movie. I really did like it. It doesn't quite get to the horror aspect that I was expecting from uh, a Raimi movie. Mostly because it is PG-13. But it did a good job. I liked uh, it. I liked I'm seeing a lot of people saying that this is like the most Sam Raimi movie they've ever seen. I thought it was the opposite. I thought this was like the least Sam Raimi movie I've ever seen in my life. Which was kind of why I liked it better than I thought I would. I was like, oh, somebody like reined him in a bit. Which... I kind of appreciated. I mean, that's when you're dealing with 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 Feige. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking like, oh, you know, uh, Feige stepped in and went, eh, no, <laughs> which I was I was like, oh, that that might be a team up that that works for me. I liked it better than I thought I would, but I still have I still have my issues with it on the sense of. I thought it was going to tie into some things it didn't end up tying into, and I got that from the way that they marketed the movie. Mm -hmm. I think the marketing of the movie was very deceptive in a way that I I feel hurt my perception of the film a little bit. But oh. but overall overall I I think that it works. It's better than some of the, the MCU entries, definitely. I thought it worked as a Doctor Strange film. I hope we get to come back to 
the Mordo story of our universe. Because while I did like seeing Mordo again, it wasn't our Mordo, and he didn't get to do much. Yeah, we still have Mordo out there trying to erase wizards, which we haven't really caught up with yet. We don't. I know mean, what's going Strange on. like name drops it. He's like, oh yeah, he's just been out there trying to kill me, and I'm like, that that sounds like a interesting story. Can we? Can we see that story? Yeah. Can we see that story? Like, I realize that there's like a five year interim where like maybe he got dusted. I don't know, but like, you know. I'm also curious of America's story, since we now see her training at the at Carmitage. I want to see more of her. I want to see if she can find her parents in in the multiverse. That sounds like something we could see in a Disney Plus series down the line. I I'm I'm cool with a Disney Plus series on that. You know, give her six episodes to explore that. Mm-hmm. We're we're cool. Uh, as far as that, you know, I I want to just see a a. Uh, Strange uh, versus Mordo movie. I, I don't know what they're where they're going with this Clea thing. It looks like they're setting up a third film. I know that um, originally, when they were going to have uh, Derrickson direct, he wanted to deal with Nightmare, mm. which. A lot of people thought originally might show up in either WandaVision or Loki because of the the trippy stuff that were was going on in there. And then both of them were used to set up the, the multiverse stuff. I'm thinking that they're probably going to try to wrap up the multiverse stuff. Not wrap it up, maybe, but... Um, more deal with it in um quantum mania because mm-hmm. that's probably where we're going to get kang and the the resolution of whatever that is mm-hmm. hopefully we can kind of uh, m- move on from from some of that and uh maybe not close off the multiverse but maybe make it like a stable thing where we could you know visit every now and then yeah or have you know multiple timelines working uh, beside each other so that they don't constantly have to worry about like, but you said in that show that this and that show that that and you know. Yeah. If I had one complaint about this movie, is they made a kind of a deal, a big deal about Rintra being in this movie. They gave him a toy. He looks cool. He's this big green minotaur dude, and he does absolutely nothing. Yeah, and it's not really explained, so it's just, like, a whole bunch of humans and then, like, Minotaur guy. Yeah. Which doesn't exactly make sense. I mean, it, it it's, it's fine because it's the MCU and you just kind of accept it. It feels like they developed the toy first and then they said, hey... We need to sell this toy, put this character in the movie. That's my only complaint. Is I wish he had done more in this movie because he's a cool-looking character, and they do nothing with him. But other than that, I really like the movie. It's really great. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, do go see it. If you're not comfortable going back into movie theaters yet, I assume it's going to be on Disney Plus in a month or so. It usually is. That's how we usually do these things. 
I'm just going to say one last thing, which is that uh, Cloak of Levitation is an absolute goat. Cloak of Levitation needs, like, its own animated series of shorts, maybe, of just, like, what the Cloak does in its downtime. I would watch that. It'd be great. It'd be, like, The Adventures of Doug or something, like, on Disney+. Plus. I mean... <laughs> We're getting a whole series on Groot. I, I, if if we, if we can do a whole series on Baby Groot, we can do a series on the Cloak of Levitation. Yeah, Cloak of Levitation is my favorite character. I just want like what the Cloak of Levitation does in its off time. Give me that. I'm such a nerd. I would watch like a whole series of shorts about the Cloak of Levitation. All right, so that's all of our thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Our next big episode is going to be coming soon. It is going to be our Gilbert Godfrey tribute show as we talk about the Aladdin sequel, The Return of Jafar. So come back for that, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye! Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.